This episode is sponsored by the Adoption Connection Village, a place where you can connect with other adoptive moms who get it and be surrounded with support so you know you're not alone. We are really excited about the village because adoptive and foster parenting really brings unique challenges to families and a lot of people around us don't understand. And so we need to be surrounded by people who get us. Yes, that isolation is really the breeding ground for shame and guilt. And, you know, both of us have been to these dark places. I mean, I don't think either of us could have anticipated what this journey would cost us in our relationships, sometimes even with friends and family. It's very hard for people to understand what we're going through. Absolutely. But we do get it. And we want to have a special place where we can really connect in a much deeper way, as close as we can to actually be in person. So obviously, we can't all gather around Lisa's Kitchen Island, but we have created something called virtual coffee chats. And these happen over video chat. And it's a whole group of us. And it's been really, really fun to see your faces, get to know your stories and connect with you from on a much deeper level. We do these coffee chats in the village three to four times a month. And we focus at least one of them a month on specifically the challenges of teens and young adults, because we have heard from you guys that that is a space that needs a little extra TLC and support. So the village is for you if you feel like you need more people in your life who understand you, you crave authentic and intimate community, and especially if you don't have Facebook or you want to limit your time there, so you don't want to be in a group maybe that's based on Facebook. And I think the thing that's so important is that, you know, we know you are pouring your hearts and your souls into your kids, and maybe nobody is pouring back into you, but we want to do that. Besides the coffee chats, we have a discussion forum that's kind of like a Facebook group on steroids that really helps connect you with topics that are relevant to your story and folks who are local to you. We also release monthly premium content such as deeper dives into what connected parenting really looks like in real life. And there's even a monthly Enneagram connection video where we help you better understand yourself and your family's dynamics. The Village really is your one-stop shop for personalized support. We want this to be accessible to as many parents as possible. So it's just $19.99 a month. You can find out more or get started at theadoptionconnection.com slash village. Welcome to the Adoption Connection podcast, where we share resources by and for adoptive and foster moms. I'm Lisa Qualls. And this is Melissa Corkum. Don't worry, we get it and we're here for you. Today is a Mentor Moments episode where we answer a listener question. These episodes give you a chance to join the conversation and guarantee we're providing the most helpful tools and resources for exactly where you are. A lot of our intro emails to you all ask you what you would want to ask us if we were sitting down for coffee. And so this week's question comes as a response to one of those emails. And she asks, the one thing I would probably ask is, did you have family and friends supporting you? Where did your biggest support system come from? Well, I'll jump in on this one first. Um, Yes, we had family and friends supporting us Especially, I mean, people really embraced us and helped us. People helped raise money for us because you can imagine adopting four kids from Ethiopia was a big, big deal. Our church was supportive. You know, there were certainly people who questioned what we were doing and some people who recommended we not. But overall, I feel like we had 
positive support from family, friends, and our church. In the over the long haul of all of this, though, that did begin to change. And for us, you know, there weren't, it wasn't so much that people dropped away or turned away or anything. It's just our needs were so much bigger than anybody could have ever imagined. And what that meant was that people couldn't necessarily sustain the kind of support that we were needing. You know, that we had our closest circle that did stick with us month by month, year by year. But I think eventually we had to look beyond our initial circle of support. Would you say that happened with you as well, Melissa? It definitely changed and morphed. Of course, I mean, this was over almost a decade. So just by natural rhythms of life, you know, people got married, they moved away, their their stage of life changed. So I would say we definitely had a group of people who helped us, like you said, get through the actual process of adopting. We were naive the first time around and we thought that was going to be the biggest hurdle. (laughs) (laughs) So then we did have to start creating different support systems kind of for post-placement support. I think there's also this kind of inverse relationship, right? As your needs get greater and greater, you tend to start to isolate more and more, some by necessity, some because you kind of feel like no one would believe you. And then your circle doesn't really know that you need support. So the more you need support, the quieter you tend to be about what you need. And then you find yourself kind of drowning. Yes. And I think in that, when we got to that point, um, you know, back when you and I adopted, it was a long time ago now. And we, I think we were at the beginning of really building up support for one another online. You know, we had, our agency had a, maybe like a Yahoo group or something like that. Yeah. We got together and talked. And of course, over time, those sort of evolved and morphed into things more like Facebook groups. But I definitely began to find a lot of my support through new friends that I met online, other moms who were walking this road like I was and understood. I mean, who could understand some of the things that we were dealing with, you know, other than other parents like us. And so we began to build definitely a more robust online support network. Now, those people weren't the people who could show up at my house when we were having a hard day, but they were the people who I could ask questions of, who I could be really honest with. And through my online connections, I began to form some really wonderful and deep friendships, friends that I have today, friends that I went on to meet in real life over time and they became a huge part of my support system in terms of the emotional support and and really some spiritual support too, because my faith community was so important to me. Yeah. And we had a small group that started before our last three adoptions and we were the hosts that allowed us to kind of have this group of people that was always around and they were really understanding. None of them at the time were adoptive families. A lot of them were 
in their late twenties and still single. And so they were able to provide us the level of kind of in-person support, some respite meals, but just some sense of normalcy. Like we knew every Wednesday that people would come over and we would kind of act just like normal adults. And they would kind of all turn a blind eye to all the other crazy that was happening in our house. And I didn't realize at the time, but in hindsight, I mean, that was such a lifeline to have those in real life friends, even if they weren't bringing food, but just to bring our minds somewhere else. You know, we had conversations about politics and theology and other people's problems, you know, it was just refreshing. So I think that was a really huge part of our story. I also think over time, we realized that we really needed more of a kind of professional support team as well. So for us, that included getting together with a really fantastic trauma-informed mental health professional. Eventually it was things like psychiatrists. When our first uh, son came home, it was things like, uh, in our state, it's called like child find or like early intervention services, speech and OT and all of that stuff. And those people started speaking into kind of our story as well in ways that we could provide our kids with extra support. I still remember, and I've told this story before, but I still remember the first time that we connected with a professional specifically about the unique needs we are experiencing as an adoptive family. And, you know, for a long time, I thought I'd be able to find what I needed right here in my small community. But when things got really challenging, we uh, were able to get in with a doctor at the University of Washington um, Adoption Medicine Clinic. And that was, I think, for me, the beginning of beginning to build a team of professionals. You know, from that appointment, we ended up finding our therapist. We ended up connecting at Seattle Children's with a psychiatrist and occupational therapist. So that was the beginning. And then because our therapist was so far away in Seattle, she connected, which is 300 miles away, um, she connected us with our local behavioral health. And that you know, began to give us some support right here in our community, gave us a little bit of protection that we had people involved with our family locally so that if something were to happen, there'd be someone who could vouch for us for who we were. And if, you know, if, I don't know, if someone called CPS or something like that, and I know that's a scary thing to even talk about, but, you know, let's just be honest, it happens sometimes because our children's behaviors are confusing to your normal average person. And so um, we definitely started to build a bigger team of professionals and probably the most significant one, well, maybe not the most significant, but one of the most significant was that in time we realized that really we could not homeschool two of our adopted children. They needed, and I've talked about this too, just they needed to separate family and school. It was so hard for them just to have a mom and be in a family that having me be their teacher as well was um, really, really very challenging, but also a little bit devastating for the family. So anyhow, school became part of our lives. And with school came another level of support in our local community. You know, we had teachers, we had um, school counselors, and that built out our, our team that was surrounding us. So here we are all these years later, we still have some of those medical professionals therapists, things like that. And then we also have, we've continued to keep our kids in school. And so we have a 
support team through the schools. And I think between those supports and our good, good friends that we've made over the years, we're, we're pretty well surrounded. Yeah, I, I'm also remembering we had a season, it was about a year, where we actually hired someone to just be here for about 20 hours a week. And she did a lot of things. She helped me homeschool. But really, in our particular situation, our daughter kind of could hold it together if there was someone that didn't have a deep attachment relationship, like if there was someone kind of from the outside. And so this young lady you know, just kind of, she was kind of just a friend for me to be around. Like I, I found that it was a lot easier to deal with the crazy if, if there was another adult just witnessing it with me. So I just didn't feel so crazy. Like, you know, I could look and be like, did you just see that? Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, and, and that was huge. And of course that worked until she became more of like an attachment figure for her daughter. And then it didn't work anymore, but you know, we tried all kinds of things. Um, online support was also a huge piece for me again, for that kind of mental, like, am I the crazy one? Is anyone else dealing with this? Am I just a bad parent? Or are there other kids that are really struggling like our kids are? And so I know a lot, Lisa, of what we've created here at the Adoption Connection is really pointed towards connecting people with resources virtually because we can't be all around your kitchen island. And so that's been a really important part because that's such a huge part of our story that that virtual support was a kind of I wouldn't say it replaces the in-person support at all, but I would say that you need both. Right. And I think that for us, the other thing that is really valuable is to have people who are just a little bit ahead of you in the process, you know, or even like, you know, you and I, Melissa, we've been adoptive parents now for 13 years. Um, Well, I have for 13 years. And I think it's helpful. I, I really appreciated the wisdom of moms who were who had gone before me. It's important not just to have support where everybody's in the same boat, but you've got some people who can actually mentor you, which I know we both feel so passionately about that we want to help the moms who are newer to this and help them walk through it and not make all the mistakes we made. Oh my goodness. So many things I would have done differently if I had only known, right? Yeah. I mean, right? Learn from our mistakes. Help, you know, we learned a lot of things the hard way for sure. There's also a couple other podcast episodes that we've done that kind of circle around this topic. So uh, you mentioned schooling, homeschooling. We talked pretty extensively about that in episode 44 was another mentor moment about whether or not you should homeschool your adopted child. Um, In episode 54, we took a deep dive into what to look for in a mental health professional. So as you're connecting with other people in your community, things to kind of look for, because unfortunately, all mental health professionals are not created equal, and they don't all understand some of the issues that our families are dealing with. And then episode 64, we chatted with Jen Decker, and she talked to us kind of about how to uh, rally your church community around you. So we will link to all of those things in the show notes of this episode, and you can find those at theadoptionconnection.com slash 84. Before you go, we'd love to connect with you on social media. You can find us on Facebook or Instagram as The Adoption Connection. Thanks so much for listening. We love having you. If you enjoyed this episode, please leave a quick review over on iTunes. It will help us reach more moms who may be feeling alone. And remember, until next week, You're a good mom, doing good work, and we're here for you. The music for the podcast is called New Day and was created by Lee Rosevere.